Good morning, my brothers and sisters. This is our intergenerational service, and I, I, so I get this privilege of coming up here with my brother in Christ. This is Sean. Um, I found out that Sean, I don't want to scare you um, with this, but that he and I are much alike in some of our interests. When I was his age, um, he loves reading and loves science. I th- he's in a good place for that. So uh, we're going to be doing something together here. Intergenerational service, that means I know that there are um, families, sometimes young children who are here, so now we come to the sermon. And I, I, I can well imagine what some of you are thinking, especially parents, oh no, Pastor Greg, how long is this going to last? I hope you'll tell some good jokes and stories to keep my kids listening. There are other things I'd rather, anybody, I don't, you don't have to vote. So let us both tell you something. We're going to be taking you right now to God's Word. That, that's, that's God's Word. So if God is speaking, probably we should listen. So I just want to ask, if you've come to church today, I don't know your situation, but if you're facing a situation that you're not quite sure what the next step should be. You ever had one of those? What, what should I do next? Let's ask, see if God is going to say something to you. Or if you've come and there's something happening in your life or your family that just seems messed up and and, and it's confusing to you, uh, you should listen. Maybe God's word will give you some understanding about why that's there. I've talked with some of you uh, today, and I think, Sean, your mom told me she was like this too, that who come in every week and just long to hear something from God. I mean, there are things that are happening. You just hope I'll open up the Bible and you just pray that God will say something that will help direct you. Well, here, God's Word is going to do that today. We begin with the book of Proverbs. So, Sean, I'll turn it over to you so that we can hear God's Word through you. Yeah, you can start right up Yeah, up here. Yeah. Good morning. My name is Sean. I have finished the third grade, and I go to Dominio School. Our scripture reading today is found in Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. Let us stand for the reading of God's Word. These are the Proverbs of Solomon. He was the son of David and the king of Israel. Proverbs teach you wisdom and instruct you. They help you understand wise sayings. They provide you with instruction and help you live wisely. They lead to what is right and honest and fair. They give understanding to childish people. They give knowledge and good sense to those who are young. Let wise people listen and add to what they have learned. Let those who understand what is right get guidance. What I'm teaching also helps you understand proverbs and stories. It helps you understand the sayings and riddles of those who are wise. If you really want to gain knowledge, you must begin by having respect for the Lord. But foolish people hate wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. And powerfully given to us. All right, we are going to be listening to exactly what Sean says, something that is going to teach us how to live. We're going to open God's word, and especially we're going to be looking all summer at the book of Proverbs. So I want to start with this. Uh, why would we even go to the book of Proverbs? 
what is the reason for this that, that, that I as your pastor want us to, to look into this book of Proverbs? And I, I hope, I don't know if you noticed, did you notice the book of Proverbs starts almost the same way I started this time together with Sean and me? Essentially, uh, in it, Solomon, who wrote some of them probably, and, and all those others who gathered them in his name, uh, turn to us and say this, when you open up this book, you're opening up God's word. Uh, so, so, so listen, uh, did you open it? Did you come today, verse 2a, wondering about a situation in your life and wondering what the next step might be? Gaining wisdom. Did you come today, as you get to the second part of verse 2, needing some understanding for something that's happening in your life or your family or business that just makes no sense to you? Just seems messed up. You can't understand why God would let that happen. He says, I'm going to write to you. Or, or did you come simply needing some instruction? Uh, you want to do what is right and good and fair. Verse 3, look at that. What, is, what, what are the instructions of God in this? So if you've come for any of those reasons, God turns to you and says, the book of Proverbs is for you. The, the Bible says, this is, God says, this is why I've put this book in the, in the Bible. And, and the thing I want you to notice today especially, verses 4 and 5, if you have a Bible in front of you, this is an intergenerational book. God says it's for all ages. Did you notice it as Sean was reading? He said, for those in his, your version, I think Sean said, for those who are childish. Um, the word really is for somebody who really hasn't known very much about God before. Maybe first time in church, you're not here very often. You think you talk about things that I don't understand. God says, read the book of Proverbs then. And it, it, it's going to speak to the places where you live. Do you notice verse 4, he also says, it's for those who are young. So, if, I mean, if you're a child or, or a student and you haven't lived as long as some of us, uh, like your senior pastor, have lived and know that there are going to be some new experiences in life that you're going to face and you're not sure what's going to happen. And so many of, of those who, who were in our video said that. I'm not sure the next thing that's ahead. He said, if that's the way you feel, then read the Proverbs. It's going to give you some guidance for, for those next places where you experience new things in life. So I can imagine in this church, some of you have known the Lord 60, 70, 80 years, and you might think, well, then there's nothing here for me. Well, look at verse 5, look again. For the wise, go to the book of Proverbs so that you may gain more wisdom. And it just lets us know what we all already know. We never quite arrive. And in this world, there are always issues that we face. Aren't there always issues we face that we can't understand them or we don't know quite what to do? come to the book of Proverbs and that's why I want us to look at it it becomes so clear to me that God's put it here because God wants every one of us who's showed up at this 11 o'clock service uh, to gain from it to benefit from it but then of course I think about that and I think man that's a big task God's saying one book in the Bible that, that, that speaks to everybody a first grader and a Ph.D. Caltech science professor, one book to speak to both, a brand new believer, somebody who's walked with the Lord forever and teaches at Fuller Theological Seminary, one book for us both. How can that possibly... It's, it's really... Do you realize I try to do this every, um, every Sunday? Have you, have you ever thought... I'm, just, I'm get, trying to get some pity right here. <laughs> 
Well, God says, okay, I've chosen to do this. And the way I'm going to go about it is with Proverbs. Which brings me to my second question. So, if it's going to teach us to have understanding and wisdom, what do you have to do to actually become wise when you go through the book of Proverbs? So first, I want you to notice this. They're called Proverbs and not rules. I I tell you, I have found that sometimes people say, Pastor, I'd just kind of like to have rules. Um, Or at least more like an instruction manual. Don't take so much time teaching me what the Bible is saying. Just just tell me one, two, three, what to, to do with it. And, and don't you think sometimes when these issues are facing you and me, what we'd like to do is just have one, two, three, four, five, every possible thing that we can think of, outline for us so that we can just follow God's instructions. Now, on one side, the thought of how that would be done just blows my mind to take every kind of possible question or issue that any person in the world, any age, any time in history faces and gives that whole manual, one, two, three, four, five. And especially when things are so different and, and the world is so complex that if I do this, it's going to affect my great aunt Sally this way. She'll get mad. I better not do that. But if I do that and she's happy, it's going to make my mom. It becomes so confused. You know what that st- I started feeling like? Sometimes when I, I get some new electronic piece of equipment and, and it tells me how to put it together, I've shown you one of these. I put this thing up here for you to see. Yes, it's coming somewhere. Can you find that diagram? Aha! It was worth waiting for. I look at that. And just go crazy. And I know this church is filled with engineers. You love these things. But can you imagine something like that for our lives? Just plug it in here and then do this. And this one has to go back here with this one. It, eventually you would, just, you would just give up. God doesn't teach us that way. In fact, if he did, we would never have to come to him. We'd never have to think. We'd never have to ask him, give me wisdom to know how your word applies to me. Instead, he gives us Proverbs. That, that describe almost everything we possibly will face in life and give us these directions, guidance for how we should think about them and how we should do them. What is it like? You know, I started out as a um, youth pastor, a student pastor myself. Can you believe that? Sorry, I started, it was a long time ago. Um, but but I, I remember sometimes when one of the students would really make a new commitment to Jesus and would come up and say things like this, Pastor Greg, uh, I really want to follow Jesus and I sense I'm wasting a lot of time. Uh, we, we didn't have gaming and couldn't go online back then. This was a long time ago. Watching too much television or, or whatever was being done. Does the Bible give me any wisdom about this? And I'll tell you this, it doesn't say, okay, this is how much television you can watch. 56 minutes each day, unless it's the news, then you can add an extra five minutes. It doesn't do that. Instead, the Bible gives us Proverbs. that gives us, And in that situation, a lot of wisdom about how to use the time, this gift of time that God has given to us. So if that's what it does, how can I read those Proverbs and actually learn how to live? And verse 5, I want you to make note of it. I think I'll put it up here in front of you so that you can see it. It gives us these two complementary steps. It's, it says, let the wise listen. Okay, let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let, parallel to it, those who are discerning, those who are wanting to learn how to live wisely, go after or get guidance. 
All right, so, so two things. What do I want you to do? As I speak to you or as you read the book of Proverbs 1, listen carefully. Let the wise listen. I, uh, I find listening to be hard. Do you? I, I don't... See, even when I talk about it, you listen better. I can tell. Um, I don't think we listen very well in our world. Again, I'm going to take you back. You know, when I really started, the absolute first place I started was as a middle school pastor. Yes, we called it back in those days junior high pastor. And I'll never forget, again and again and again this happened. I wonder if it still does. A, a student coming to me and saying, Pastor Greg, we have so many problems in our family. And uh, my biggest problem with my parents is that they won't listen. They don't understand me. They don't understand my friends. They don't understand the world that we live in now. They're stubborn and they won't listen. So I'd try to help the junior high student out and I'd go talk with uh, his or her parents. And you know what would happen? Oh, yes, we do have some problems. But the real problem in our family, Pastor Waybright, is that my kid won't listen. It's happened all the time. It happened all the time. And I would both weep and cry at the same time. So here we come and open the book of Proverbs. And God says, I love you and I want you to understand the world that I put you in. I want you to understand, have wisdom about how to live. But you have to listen. You have to listen. It takes humility to listen. Do you know what I mean by that when I say that? It takes humility to listen. It means when the other person is talking, you have to have that humility that says, I, I value what you're saying. I think you have something to say to me that would be helpful to me. Are, are you listening now? Uh, whenever we don't listen, we're saying, ah, I've got that nailed. There's nothing important that you'll have to say. God says first that if you're going to benefit from his word and learn to live wisely instead of like a fool... When we open the book of Proverbs, we've got to say, I'm listening. Speak, Lord. I need to hear something. <laughs> I am listening and ready to follow it. And then second, listening carefully, then think clearly. Let the discerning get guidance. And it's talking about our minds going after it. And what God is really saying is, when my word is opened... Focus, focus on what I say. So that means when it's open, come into the word longing to hear whatever God might say to guide you in your life. And really what he's saying is don't let anything distract you. And, and what the, the Bible is teaching us here in the second part of verse 5 is if you and I will gain anything from Proverbs, and I'll say from the whole Bible, there have to be times where we just stop for a while. We listen to it. Then we have to reflect on it. And then prayerfully say, what, what has to happen in my life so that I can live the way you would have me to live? In other words, what I, I'm saying is this. It's so different. I've, I've done so many series here in my years here at, at Lake Avenue Church. And I usually say when we start a new series, read through this book in the Bible all the way through. And even do it a couple of times. You've heard me say that. I'm not saying that about Proverbs. <laughs> Don't read it. If, if you try to just read through all 31 chapters of Proverbs at one sitting, I'll tell you, you'll just be confused. 
because he keeps switching subjects and has different things to say and you'll rush past one you'll think I don't even know what that was about I'm going on to the very next one it's not supposed to be read that way it's supposed to be read slowly slowly that we, we listen to it we think about it we reflect on it and pray about it and God begins shaping and changing our lives Oh, what does this look like? Should I give you an illustration? Any, anybody vote for, for me to try to give us an example? All right, I'm going to pick out a proverb. I'm going to just pick out a proverb. Here it is. I knew it was Intergenerational Sunday, so here's the one I picked. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. All right, listen. When I read a verse like this in church, I just know all sorts of things are running through your minds. One, someone's going to say, is that really in the Bible? And the answer is yes, it is. Proverbs 26, 11. Another reaction I think is going to be had, I think probably a number of you, wow, it's cool to hear Pastor Greg use the word vomit in church. I'm guessing some of you are thinking that. And then others are going to have just the opposite reaction. Pastor Greg, I know that is in the Bible, but with all the Proverbs available to you, why did you have to pick out that disgusting one? You know what's going to happen in my home. My kids are going to be using the word vomit all week, and they're going to say, Pastor Greg said it in church. Why can't we do it? I don't know. What what should I say to you about that? I, I, I picked this out, I think, for the very reason that God puts it in the Bible. Because he knows we're not very good listeners. And if he's going to have a word that speaks to every one of us, sometimes he's got to wake us up. I noticed you started listening better when I gave you... I noticed this when I started... And God knows that too. And so all through Proverbs, you're going to find this happening. Uh, Sometimes funny things. Sometimes just a story that you don't quite understand. Sometimes things that bother you. You have to stop and think about it. So so we'll take this one. Let's, Let's listen carefully to it. Think clearly about it. As a dog returns to its vomit. So I started thinking about that. I thought, it's probably because the food that dog ate in the first place wasn't good for it, that it got sick. And yet, in spite of the fact that that food the first time down made it sick, when it has the opportunity to have it go down a second time, and this time more disgusting... And worse, it goes back to it anyway. Even though it's harming it and making a mess of other things, harming others, like the dog's owners, the dog goes back to it anyway. Now when I say that to you, are any of you beginning to think, oh my, I understand that dog. Anybody here, you don't have to vote if you don't want to, but... This, this whole matter that there are things that we know that if we go with that group of friends I keep getting into trouble if I go to that website I keep getting into trouble and yet knowing that we go back to it anyway are you beginning to see the power of this little proverb it's, it's talking to us about living our lives paying attention to those things that, that take us away and, and do harm to everything around us. It's, to me, it is one powerful thing to read this proverb 
As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool. A fool is somebody who walks away from God and from all the goodness and understanding that God wants to give us. So a fool returns to his folly. There's a cartoonist who I think got this thing so well. I want to show you this cartoon. I just love it. You'll remember this. Maybe nothing else that I say is the dog. Oh, man. I promise this is the last time I go back to that. Oh, I just want to taste it again. Do any of you relate to this dog? I know you do. I know you do. See, it can be life-changing. When that happens, you begin to come to church saying, what can set me free? What can make a difference? What has God given? It's what directs our lives. And that's how I want you to approach the Proverbs this summer. I'm not going to try to preach a lot of them when you come. I want us to read slowly. Uh, I really want you to get away from the distractions of your cell phone. Do you think it's possible to turn off the cell phone for a while and read a couple of Proverbs? Yes, I got, I got, I got a yes. And it sounded like a younger yes. That was really wonderful. Do you think it's possible to turn off the computer or to shut down the tele, television and just say, I'm going to listen to you, God. Each week what I'm going to do, and if you look in the worship folder today, and it's going to be online as well, you'll see I'm just going to give you each day a, a couple of proverbs for each day, sometimes one, sometimes two or three, that relate to the next week's topic. And next week I'm going to be talking about our use of money. So don't, don't flee, come. We'll look and see what God has to say. And what I'd like you to do, if you're single, uh, just reflect on those as, as, as I've been talking to you about alone. Um, if, if you're in a family or, or married, uh, then take some time and talk about it together. If you're in a small group, maybe even take a moment to take one of the Proverbs out. Because we learn from one another. Read slowly, listen, pray, and ask God to show you how it should change your life. And if you are really highly motivated and would like a good commentary that can help guide you, I'll show you my favorite one, the one I've been reading a lot of them recently, but my favorite one was written by a fellow you probably never heard a name like this, Ray Ortland Jr. <laughs> uh, like Ortland Hall, in case you don't know. And, and you know, Sean, as you were reading for us today, I thought that the man who wrote this, Ray, Ray Ortland was the father who was here 20 years pastor, but Ray was a little kid growing up here. And those of you who have been here forever, you called him Buddy. You called him Buddy. And now here Buddy, who had been up here standing with me, one of the top Old Testament scholars anywhere, and writing marvelous, marvelous books. Now, I, I said this in the first service, and everybody bought up all the ones we had, but we'll have some more next week, but you're good enough to find it yourself. I recommend it to you highly. I love it. Which brings me, our time is gone, so it brings me to the last question. Okay, what is the first and most important thing about coming to Proverbs? Because I'll tell you, you can listen carefully, you can think clearly, and still just reject it, not have it change your life. So look, look at what the Bible says. Verse 7, this comes back again in chapter 9, verse 10. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, of wisdom. But fools despise it. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. All right. So the Bible is declaring that if you and I will know how to live well and the Bible will have any benefit in our lives, uh, you have to fear the Lord. 
It's saying that every proverb, every topic that we look at in the book of Proverbs will have no benefit for us unless when we read it, we fear the Lord. I've got to think about that. How, do, how does that hit you? How do you, do you think this matter, you've got to fear the Lord, hits 21st century Southern California? Isn't it off-putting? I mean, doesn't it make you feel, again, God is sort of an ogre who wants, wants the worst for you? So many of our modern translations have shied away from that word fear and have retranslated it, the respect for the Lord. And, and I think there's something good about that. And yet there was a very good word for respect in Hebrew and in Greek too. And that isn't the word that God chose. <laughs> the word that he uses consistently is, is fear. So it, it must be respect, but more. It can't be afraid of a tyrant boss or an abusive person. can't be that. So you know what's happening to us when we read that verse? I'm trying to make you feel this. I'm trying... You know what's happening? God is proverbizing us. He's making us stop and have to think about what is God saying if this is the most important thing. Eighteen times in the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord keeps coming up. If all the other stuff isn't going to make a difference in my life unless I fear the Lord, what does he mean by it? Now, that made me stop and think and about especially, is there anything in my entire life that I feared that it was good for me that I did it. Uh, first thing I thought of was my mom. <laughs> my mom was about five feet tall. Uh, she was sort of a combination of Granny on Beverly Hillbillies and Lucille Ball. The saddest thing I am for your relationship to me is that you didn't get to meet my mom unforgettable personality and I feared her <laughs> but not because I thought that she was going to do anything to harm me I knew she wanted the best for me I knew she wasn't going to let me go down a direction that would ruin my life I began to think about it that way I, I, I thought you know I was an eternal student and for those of you who are moving, my, the best teachers now that I look back were always the hardest teachers. I wonder if anybody agrees with me. My very favorite teacher, uh, the one whose life shaped mine more than anybody else, was the only teacher I ever had who sent back a paper that I had written to me. And on the bottom he read, Greg wrote, Greg, I've read other things that you've written. This is not worthy of the gifts God has given you. Write it again. I tell you, I think I wrote the best paper, at least I gave it the hardest <laughs> effort that I've ever given it. Because my fear of displeasing this teacher who really loved me and, and wanted me to learn to be the best student I could be, moved me toward a good way in my life. Is, is this beginning to, you're beginning to see what God's getting at here? We, we all know things like fire. On one side, when I was freezing in Chicago, to be able to have a fire close enough to be able to warm me, it was beautiful. Or, or even here, if, if there's a, a fire that we can make a beautiful, juicy hamburger, it's great. But at the same time, if you don't respect that fire, if you take it for granted and get too close. You see what I'm getting at here? So, so what God is saying is this. We, we take out this word, the fear of the Lord. And in the context, well, Sean, you already read this thing. It's because God loves us that he gives it. He wants to have understanding. 
He, he wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to make sense out of this world. He's given this to us. He loves us with an everlasting love. This, this service, we've been having communion. I mean, he, he loves us so much that He sent His Son who loves you and me so much that He gave His life for us. He's not going to harm us. And He turns to us and He says, don't take me for granted. Uh, when my word is opened, listen carefully. Think clearly. Don't ignore me. I want the very best for you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's where it starts. It, it permeates through everything. It's the foundation for everything. Every verse in Proverbs that you read, approach it knowing that the one who gave it to you is the God that you should respect so much that you say, I know you have something to say to me, I will obey. So I'm going to leave you with that verse in front of you. I'm going to stop there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. With that verse from God before your eyes, hopefully ringing in your ears, hopefully going down into your heart, we here at Lake Avenue Church go into this summer in the book of Proverbs asking our Father to speak to us so that we might live well and always to His glory. Amen. Amen.